Good morning. Grace and peace is ours through our Lord Jesus. In my preacher's heart of hearts, when I daydream, one of the things I like to daydream about is getting eight or 12 mature Christians away for a weekend and calling it a peace retreat. Just, just to hang out with a few Bible texts and look at the words of God and learn to appreciate them, believe in them, and ask how they give us peace. You know, Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have trouble, and you're all living in the world, but in me, you'll have peace. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And if I were to do a peace retreat, this little Bible story would be the first scripture when we are away from our busy lives that we would sit and look at. It's only found here in the Bible, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. It's only a few weeks before Jesus is going to die on the cross for the whole world. His life's coming to an end. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, these three adults, siblings, live in the same house. They live two miles from Jerusalem. They are a very uh, frequent stopping off point for Jesus. He went there a lot. He received from them. He didn't just give to them. You know, for every person and every leader, there are people that most of your relationship is giving to them. And there are people that much of your relationship is mutual. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus trusted in Jesus. They, they believed what he said. They got him. But they also opened their home and said they would be his, his uh, headquarters in the area whenever he needed it. And he believed them. And they were to be believed. And he went there a lot with his disciples, sometimes by himself. This time he has a, his disciples with him and he stops off at Bethany. Now, Martha seems to be the older daughter, the older sister, and maybe the a lead personality in the house and lead, lead in hospitality. She wants to make sure Jesus and the disciples have food, have the gift of their home. She's ready to give. All of you that have hosted people know what that means. It's a lot of... It's a lot of work, and a lot of planning, and a lot of timing. And Martha probably was used to pulling Mary in and telling Lazarus, stop being distracted and come help me so we can get this done. And Jesus, this time, he's really doing what he always did. But this time, it's kind of unique because he's in their home and he's not, he, he, he passes by the chit-chat and he starts to talk about very substantive stuff. He's actually teaching in their den. And you have the, they, remember I said they believe in him. They believe he is God come to save us. They believe he is the Messiah. They believe he is all human, but that he's also divine. And they are, know him very well, so they've even probably heard his sidebar commentaries on, on healings that he's done. Uh, it wouldn't be too long after this that he would uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. They, they trust in him, and they, they've all listened to him. If you, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, Martha and Mary 
they read back to Jesus off the back of their mind and their grief the whole story of the gospel that when you die, your soul goes to heaven and your body is raised up on the last day and it's all because of God's grace. They, they knew that. They listened. So here's Jesus, their Jesus, our Jesus, your Jesus, my Jesus, teaching in their den. Mary, she is not going to miss this. She wants, to, she wants to hear her Savior. So whatever Martha's marching orders were, she excuses herself from them without telling her. She slips into the den and sits on the floor in front of Jesus, probably sitting on a, he's sitting on a couch. She starts to listen. And Luke tells us the story. It's on page 10. It'll be on the screen. It's not very long. Just enjoy listening to it again. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and she asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. You know, languages have pictures to them. The, the original language is, tell her to pick up her end. <laughs> Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Are you fascinated by how comfortable Martha is with Jesus? Don't you care? Remember everything I said about her believing he, who he is? Don't you care that she's left me? I mean, where's your sense, sense here? We're, we're doing this for you. We opened our home. She's got some accusation in her voice. They're close, though. She, she knows their relationship's durable, and she, he can handle that. She wants to know what's on his mind, wants his help. She wants to, she's task-oriented, right? She's, I want this meal to go well, and you can get Mary, of all people, you can get her up and get her to help me. I love Jesus' answer. Absolutely love it. Because it protects Mary and invites Martha. And when he says, Martha, Martha, it's very endearing in their language to do that. Martha, Martha. I'm about to tell you something heart-to-heart -heart between the two of us. You are messed up. <laughs> you're you're, you're a, a big hot mess in your head. You're, you're worried and troubled about many, many things. Like life is complicated. And it's not. There's only a few things in life that are needed. There's only one thing that's needed more than everything else. And it's what I'm doing right here in this den. I'm teaching God's word. Human beings need to remember and need to know. This is a this is huge part of this story. Human beings need to remember and know that God's word is a very precious and hard to find commodity on the earth. I don't mean just passages. I mean what they mean. 
for your soul, where the word becomes not just the written word, but it becomes a living, breathing word, and it comes into your soul. I am here in your den in living color. I'm God with utterances coming out of my mouth that are about long after you're gone from this life, the one thing that's needed for you. Mary's heard that, and she made a decision to leave helping you to choose to listen. Now, there's a, there's a theme. You, you, this is important for, uh, for your learning to read your Bible like Mary. There, when, you, when you hear this story, if you'll just take a step back, and what I mean is open, open it up in your Bible. It's in Luke chapter 10, and go to like chapter 8, and then just read real quickly, as fast as you can without losing your train of thought. Go through chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11. And you'll see Luke, inspired by God, has collected these stories that are in this part of Jesus' life where Jesus and the Father in heaven keep talking about, listen to Jesus, listen to his word. In, in that section that before you get to this story, there's this story where Jesus' mother and brothers try to come and get him because they think he's gone crazy. And he says, who are my mother and brothers? And then here comes the same thing he said to Martha. He said, those who hear the word of God and keep it safe for themselves. They treasure the word that they hear. My mother and brother would come to listen to me, they would be blessed. <laughs> right? After this story, Jesus is healing people and he's changing people's lives, the direction of their lives by the teaching that he gave. He's saving the lost. And some lady says, blessed is the womb that bore you. Your mama should be so proud we'd say in Texas. You know what Jesus said? Truly blessed is anyone who hears the word of God and treasures it. You see how he kept staying on that theme? People kept trying to be more on the visible and the surface and the outward, and Jesus just kept bringing them back to, I am on a mission here to bring you the kingdom of God in his word for your souls and to save you and your soul. And I don't want you to miss it because you're thinking about my mama must be proud or dinner has to be served or you might lose your job. Or like in Luke 12, your brother won't share. Jesus was out teaching the word of God and some guy goes, hey, could you help me? My brother won't share the inheritance with me. Just imagine all these people, including Martha, Jesus watches these human hearts and we're always dancing around. We're busy and distracted about lots of things. And he brought the thing that saves the soul of all of us lost creatures, the gospel, the good news, the word of God. So he's in the home. Martha, Martha, you're troubled about many things. I wonder... I wonder if there's any Marthas here today. Is there one that's not? Probably not. We're all Marthas some moments every day, right? You name it, we get distracted by it. It could just be our wandering mind with all, it could be the devil and the demons throwing thoughts at us that are crazy and weird and repetitive and they keep dragging us down the same old paths worthlessness, darkness, 
temptations, guilt, shame, fears, ambitions. Jesus once said the kingdom of God's like seed that's sown among the thorns and the, the pleasures of this life and the successes of this life as well as the fears and anxieties of this life. Choke it out. He saw it choking out Martha, so he invited her to come sit down. We'll eat later. I'm teaching you some really good stuff here, Martha. By the way, notice for your own sake, dear American, that he's not just saying, Martha, rest and relax. You're, you're too busy and you're working too hard. You need to take a vacation. Vacations are very important and very good. But if you take a vacation and you do not use the rest, even if it's a peace retreat for a weekend or it's a week long or it's a morning, and you, you do not rest in the words of God that you take into your heart while you're resting, you'll be left as empty as you were before. And a vacation without the word of God as part of your life ends up leading mostly into just kind of an addiction to pleasure and getting away and self-fulfilling and it's not really leading you into service, not leading you into peace the way Christ brings peace, not leading you into productivity the way that he wants you to be productive. Just a sidebar, unplug, but then plug into Jesus. I've been watching Christians for 50 plus years that I know of, watching intently. I'm going to say what's probably the obvious, but I, I think it needs to be said. The Christians that are healthy, spiritually, and productive, and consistent in their walk as a, a, a person of spirituality and faith and walking with God and in Jesus, what Jesus would say in the parable of the sower, they produce 30, 60, and 100 fold what was sown in their heart. Christians that are all of that are regular in worship for the right reasons. Not just to come as an outward, but to come when they come, not just critiquing in their mind the surface stuff, but they're coming to word from God what sat what does the sacrament bring me what does my baptism really mean what is what is that word that's being shared regular treasuring keeping the word in worship in some kind of Bible study with other Christians also to be back and forth with other Christians around the word of God and and really together celebrating and like Mary and Martha could be with the disciples and Jesus in the den. And thirdly, personally being a self-feeder. Recognizing that the words of God are living and powerful and that if you take time away to be in the word by yourself, that it's a get to and not a have to. It's not for anybody to see. It's not for God to see. It's not for your family to see. It's just you need it. It's taking care of the soul the way you take care of the body. And it's seeing it as a get to, not a have to. Those three things, regular in worship, regular in Bible study, regular in personal 
taking in of God's word. All this from the heart and not just for the head or for show. Healthy, productive. 50 plus years of watching Christians. It's always been that way. Mary, not Martha. And every one of us is Mary and Martha together. Luke's brilliant and he's inspired. He goes, whoa, I found a story in the life of Christ. The Spirit led him. I'm going to record this because by itself, it makes you think, cleanse, realign, and get back into sitting at Jesus' feet, doesn't it? It sure does. Now, we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot about the outward behavior, but we haven't actually listened to Jesus much. So let me ask the question in closing. What do you think Jesus taught there in the den that day? Think about it. What do you think he was teaching that day? Again, being a sincere reader of the Bible, you just have to look at what every, everything he taught and not imagine that he would deviate from that, right? That he's on, he's on to his something. He's on his mission. In Luke chapter 9, it says he had set his face to go toward Jerusalem because he knew his time was near, that he was going to be soon taken up to heaven. In Luke 9, 8, actually 8 and 9, Jesus talks to his disciples and he says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. You're going to be there with me. Our people are going to turn me over to the Romans. The Romans are going to torture me. They're going to kill me and I'm going to rise on the third day. And Luke says, remember, Luke wasn't there. He wasn't one of the twelve. He was later. Paul converted Luke with the gospel. Luke says, their minds were kept from understanding it, and they had no clue what he was talking about. Now, how would Luke know that? They've told him later. He told us about all this stuff during those days before he went to the cross. Right? He talked about it. It was on Jesus' mind a lot, and it was the meaning of his life. So, let's just, let's just imagine for a minute. Mary... Uh, he's, he's, I'm going to talk for Jesus talking to Mary and the others. You're, you're, not, you're not just a, a happy conclusion to a whole bunch of series of mistakes in nature. No, you're, you, Mary, were in my mind from eternity. I picked your gender, the color of your hair, the color of your eyes, the time in which you live. The fact you'd live here and you'd get to see me, I picked you to be able to see me, your Lord and Savior. That the Romans would be oppressing your people, the Jews. I picked everything about you and your life, that you'd have a sister and a brother and your parents would be gone and you'd be living here without marriage uh, with each other. I picked all of that. The set time and place so that you would find me and here I am in your den. You were created, Mary, to be a servant. Here she, remember Martha goes, make her serve with me. You're here to serve your, to us and your sister and your brother and, and God. You're here to serve. And Mary, people are going to tell you, remember, lots of, Jesus said there's many things, but only one thing is needed. There's lots of things, Mary, that you're going to get troubled by, but the biggest thing you ever want to be troubled by is that you are a sinner who's accountable you haven't been a servant to everybody. You never will be perfect at it. You haven't been a servant to God. And guilt is real and it's not contrived. It's not created by some church or some harsh teacher or a parent. Yeah, they can be guilt factories, but guilt is real, Mary. We all know we failed. 
And don't blame and don't deny and don't excuse and don't try to cover it up by getting a buzz off of stuff. Guilt is guilt. But bring it to God. This, by the way, I'm, I'm thinking of all these passages I've been reading around Luke 10 and chapter 8, 9, 10. I'm just giving you what's in those passages. Repent of it, Mary. Just come every day, come home to God and be honest with yourself, honest with God. Remember the parable of the the boy that was honest with himself and I've sinned against heaven and against you, Luke 15, the parable of the lost son. Be honest with yourself. Repent to, to God. That's, that's your way home, Mary. Uh, but you, if you go home and you're going to get in nothing but trouble, then it's kind of a worthless thing, right? Just turning yourself in to be sent to hell. I came to sacrifice myself for you. All, all of my whole life, the whole meaning of my life is coming in just a few weeks. I'm going to die on that cross. They're going to torture me. All of you are going to, even if you tried to stop them, you won't be able to. And it's just going to go like a river flowing that you can't stop. And I, I'm going to die. But when I do die, you're going to hear me say some things from that cross that are going to give everyone in this planet the greatest peace and the greatest hope. I'm going to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Or It is finished. Sins are paid for. Completely done. And I'm going to rise again. And the death that you're going to have, because Mary, you are going to die. The death that you're going to have on this earth is only a passing of your soul to glory. But on the last day of this planet, and judgment day is coming. Again, I'm just telling you what's in these chapters in Luke. The last day is coming and judgment is coming. Your body's going to rise up. So when you start to see your body going, and it's getting older and sicker, and death, death comes to your body, don't have overwhelming fear because you have the promise, I came and died and rose again. I'm your Savior. I'm going to be watching from, from heaven, and I'm going to be guiding all of this, and I am your Savior. And the troubles that come in your life, again, I'm remembering what it's in Luke, it's like a guy plowing around a tree that didn't bear fruit. I'm going to actually allow from here, Mary, until the end of your life. I'm up in heaven. I'm going to allow there to be trouble and difficulty and challenges and dreams that don't get realized and disappointments and people that hurt your feelings. And I'm going to do all of that because I'm plowing around your tree. Because if I didn't allow trouble, even for you, as sweet as you are, Mary, you would not be as productive. You're most productive when I, when I, when I plow up around you and you have, you, you're forced back to realize how to live a life of love and peace and, and faith in God and beg for it. I'm doing all of that in your life and I'm going to keep you coming back for, for grace and forgiveness so you stay connected to me by faith in me until the moment I send the angels to come and get you. And then that scariest moment is going to give way to the greatest joy because your soul is going to wake up in glory and I'm going to be your host. And you're going to find out, I've been preparing a place for you, and it's, it's going to be great. And so this is the story of my life, Mary. And, this is, and then Martha comes in and goes, make my sister work with me. You see what I'm doing? No. He says, it's going to be fantastic. Your life has meaning and purpose and value because of me. I created you. I saved you. I'll sanctify you, and I'll be your host when you get to heaven. You know why, Mary? Because I am God, and you are my child. Do you feel the peace of God? I do, yeah. 
Um, you know what Mary did just a few weeks later? They're in this room with all the people around, and Mary comes in there with an expensive vase of perfume, and she breaks it, and she anoints Jesus with it for his burial. And everyone else is still what Luke had said earlier. They're clueless. And they're going, she wasted all this perfume on this guy. She could have sold it and given the money to the poor. Sounds like Martha making dinner, doesn't it? It sounds like somebody who came to church to critique rather than to listen, rather than to value. You see, we may not get to have that peace retreat in an away place with just eight or 12 of us, but we just had a peace retreat in our church. You chose the better part, dear Christians. You chose to be with Jesus today and his people. And Jesus says, it will not be taken away from you. 